What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? It's Johnny King with Becoming Kings podcast. I am here with the man, Dan, Daniel Gomer. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's good to good to see you again. We actually just had coffee the other day, so you're obviously also here in Denver. Good old yeah. Colorado, the, the greatest state of all 50 states. Yeah, uh, I'm one of the, the rare natives. <laughs> the rare natives, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And we're, we're very much... Uh, I feel like kind of cut from the same cloth in many regards in terms of how we want to support people with just, you know, enjoying life to the fullest. Right. Mm-hmm. But you are, you're a speaker and author. You have a book we, we're going to talk about for sure, but you've also done real estate. You're a realtor, correct? Yep. Broker. Um, you're a family man, wife and kids, right? Yep. Coach, um, coach, coach, coach the basketball. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Ex-athlete in some regards. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to get it, to kind of get into this because we were just chatting about it over coffee a couple of days ago. I was like, man, we, I gotta, let's just re- press record. I wish we could have just recorded that conversation. So <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> we'll see if we can recreate this. So, right. um, but yeah. And for all of those that are listening or watching, if you, if you see my little puppy walking around the background and if you're a fan of the show, you've already heard him squeaking in other podcasts. So it is what it is. I'm sure maybe you'll have your kids run through or whatever, um, the background, <laughs> but I got, uh, I, I got them locked in their cages. So it'll good, be okay. good. Great training. Great training. That's great. Right. Tell, tell people just a little bit more about your, your, your backstory and, and how you were a teacher turned entrepreneur and, yeah. Um, kind of how you've evolved just wherever you want to pick up the story. Cause I think it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, I always wanted to be a teacher ever since I was in middle school mm. um, and I had a, a really cool science teacher that just inspired me. And she even let me teach an entire lesson to my peers, That's cool. <laughs> which was kind of cool. So I always wanted to be a teacher and uh you know, went through college, got a teaching job and uh, did that for about seven years. I coached high school basketball at Highland Ranch High School, did some at Thunder Ridge and some at the ranch view where I was at. And uh, anyway, just got burned out after seven years of that. You know, I was tired of not being able to make ends meet. And and it's just a high, high energy, challenging job. And uh, so anyway, I decided I wanted to go do my own thing, make some money. (laughs) And uh, for me, you know, I went on this big soul search and I, I landed on real estate. It just seemed like it was a really good fit for me. So I started flipping houses. And, and of course, this transition was right when I had my son. Yeah. So I had a brand new kid, changing jobs, you know, n- no steady income. Uh, it was a, a challenging time, but uh, I'm glad I did mm-hmm. it. So anyway, I've been in real estate now for about 10 years. And I'm, I'm now at a point where I have a team, which is super great. I just love having a team. I get to teach again. I get to mentor. I get, you know, it's so cool to see these people that I'm working with streamline the process 
so much faster than I was ever able to and create, you know, something um, that uh, took me a long time to, to create. So right. that's really cool. And uh, my plan was always just to <clears throat> keep doing real estate until I was 45. So I got, you know, I'd have another four and a half years <laughs> to, uh, to just keep hitting it hard and uh, buy enough rental properties to retire. And yeah. then when I retired, I was going to start speaking and write some books and, and those kinds of things. And I started working with a coach who was just like, well, but you could do that now. Why are you, you know, waiting? Why, why waiting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then Corona and yada, yada, yada. My book came out in November and, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm, I got a whole series of classes coming up in August that I get to play around with. And I'm just, so I'm getting this whole thing off the ground and just having a blast doing it. Like, this is what I was really put here to do. Uh, real estate's great. It's been a tremendous vehicle, but, uh, this is, this is really what I'm put here to do. So I'm, I'm excited for the next steps. That's pretty cool. Um, And and I think, you know, having various guys on the podcast, uh, talk about their story of evolution. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, like we were talking about the other day, I mean, so much of, you know, muscle building in the gym is, is purposely stepping into resistance, putting resistance upon muscles. Um, I think life naturally is a, a gym, you know, or a game, if you will. I think like, like you've mentioned in the past, it's a big game and we're both, you know, athletes, if you will. What, what do you feel like is one of those things that one of the harder things that you're proud of how you navigated through in your life, maybe from childhood or teenager or as an adult, what's been one of those things that's been pretty challenging that you have to navigate? So I was just having a conversation with a a friend yesterday and he was telling me how, how he just realized he went through a really challenging divorce and he just realized recently how important mindset is to every Mm. aspect of your life. You know what I mean? Mm. And it kind of seems like, well, duh, you know, but the fact of the matter is like, I didn't know that for a long time. He didn't know that for a long time. And there's a lot of people out there that just, they might kind of know it up here, but they don't really know it yet. Right. And so I think one of the things that, that I'm most proud of is that, and yeah, I would say proud, I guess, is just that I was able to turn that corner, you know, Mm -hmm. because I had, uh, for whatever reason, I had a challenging childhood and, um, it, it just, I created a bunch of roadblocks in my own head Hmm. and all of a sudden I was able to become aware. And once you get that little spark of awareness for me, at least all of a sudden it just snowballed. And I was like, well, what about this? And oh my God, and I'm learning all these things about myself. And uh, now I can look back and not hold resentment and, uh, you know, forgive and like move past that stuff and be able to create moving forward as opposed to like living in the past and just like, you know, lamenting about it. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful you brought that up because that's, that's part of what's in my book, which is like, man, especially for us as men and becoming Kings. And when I say that it's, it's to kind of your point of what your message is all about too. It's just becoming successful, right? Not just in the idea. Well, I'll let you put in your own words. How do you deem success in working with clients and right. And people. Well, I think success is a, is a very personal term. If yeah. you really think about it, um, yeah. it gets thrown around right now. Success means I made a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of mm-hmm. like that person's really successful. They just made a hundred million dollars. And it's like, yeah, but what did they sacrifice for that? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, 
let's, let's take that back a couple steps. Like what does success really look like for me? Success personally is that I am, man, it's, that's a loaded question. I mean, it means that I'm well-rounded. It means that I've, I'm, I'm feeling fulfilled. It means that I'm challenged. It means that I'm inspired. It means that I, I get to do the things that I want to do. It means yeah. I'm leading the life that I want to lead. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just content with <clears throat> the direction and where things are going in my life. To me, mm. that's successful. Like you never get there, right? It's not a thing that you attain, right? Just an idea or an ideal maybe that you can work towards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, the success is always kind of dependent upon the, the metric you're gauging it by if it's right. if it's money sure then he's successful because he made a hundred million dollars right. but is he happy probably you know not probably not but he might not be and right. if we're gauging it the metric on happiness well then then he's not successful right you can have all the money right. in the world and be deeply unhappy but that's coming around full circle to what i kind of was mentioning that's why i love about what you're talking about i feel like at least in my book too that very first step of healing is what you're talking about with like mindset, like, oh, I'm realizing the, the anger, the resentment, I haven't forgiven myself or my parents, my who, like, if we don't get through that stuff first, there's no way that you can actually get to the happiness and the success, mm-hmm. right? right? That is part, that's a big part of actually success is how you've let those things go, right? Right. So how, how much, when did you realize that there was kind of that, like you said, intellectually, you understood the mindset thing, but you probably didn't internalize it and come from that place operationally in your day-to-day life when did you actually start to make the the mental shift into realizing how important your mindset was and then what did you see how did you see life change that was kind of a two-part question yeah yeah uh you know so i I write about this in my book but i i essentially had like a a breakdown you know um you know and i was flipping houses and stuff i i had two young kids and it wasn't very successful. I lost a lot of money. Like, and, you know, as, as, you know, if we're talking about men and things like that, as a man, I'm the provider, I'm not supposed to fail, you know? Mm. And then on top of that, I got all this psychological garbage that I hadn't addressed yet. That's like, see, you are a failure. See? And so I basically just had like a breakdown. And, um, and in that moment, there was the moment of clarity where it's just like, all right, So I'm either going to just go down this hole and, you know, I was contemplating suicide and and I'm not, I I was there. And, and I just had this moment of, of realization where I was just like, no, like I'm not doing that, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not going to do that anymore. Cause that was always like the easy out for years. It was like, well, I could always do that, you know, but then Mm -hmm. it kind of came to a head and then I was just like, I'm not going to think like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea how I was going to turn it around. And uh, I, I picked up a book that somebody had recommended to me called um, The Shadow Effect. Mm. And it's by, it's Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, and uh, Debbie Ford. And uh, it talks all about shadows. And like, he, they're going through this and it's like, oh my God, it's just these stories that we used to tell ourselves. Like, oh man, like, you know, and I, I started to recognize all the anger and where it was coming from and my resentment, and it was just poisoning me. And so then I found a shadow coach who then cool. really dove into these things with me and we started breaking it down. And then that that's really when I started making my transition. And, and it, you know, it's not an overnight thing. Like I would have these realizations and I'm like, I got it. 
I'm fixed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And then it's like, dang it, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> You're <laughs> you know? not. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, but what it's done is, I mean, it's just, it's made my relationship with my wife stronger. It's made me a better father. It's, mm. um, you know, made me more fulfilled in my life. It's given me the courage to be able to transition into another new career when I had something that was paying the bills and doing great. I mean, the list goes on and on and on there. It's just, I, I truly believe that our work here on earth is to uh, continue to evolve. Mm. And part of our evolving is our psyche and like, you know, being able to work together is like, a world, you know, as one component to, um, you know, go out and do whatever we need to do. I, I just feel that I, I, I think that's why it's so fulfilling to evolve by learning these things. Amen. I mean, it's, and it's very similar to the journey of becoming a better athlete, right? I just yeah. always loved, like, I loved season as well. I didn't love just as much. I was gonna say, I, I love the off season sometimes just as much as the the on season. Cause I was like, I know where my weaknesses are from previous season and I'm going to hammer those. Right. Yeah. And, and really make those now strengths. And that's kind of like the, like still what we were talking about over coffee, that the game of life is like, if you have that sounding board amongst men or amongst a coach or with your spouse or however you're getting that feedback, be like, okay, not to only be focusing on uh, your strengths or only be focusing on your weaknesses. It's to, to, to work on both. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about your book. And for those of, of you that are watching this versus listening, why don't you hold up your book and then you can also say what it's all about. Bam. So it is. it's called, I'm full of it. And so are you let's change the world together. I love it. Um, the whole concept behind it once you, yeah, go, you started getting into a little bit, but yeah. So, uh, the basis of the book is that, <clears throat> by becoming aware of who we are and where we come from, our stories, right? Mm -hmm. The more that we become aware of those, the more that we can take back control of them. Mm -hmm. And when we're able to do that, then we're able to um, like intentionally create the life that we want, as opposed to just kind of running through life like a bull in the China shop, right? We, we, get to, we get to take back control and be intentional about what we're doing, but we can't do that until we be, bring awareness to who we are. Mm. And so that's really what the essence of the book is. And so the part of it that says I'm full of it and so are you, what I'm saying is that we're all full of everything we need. We're, we have all the answers within us already to create the life that we want. And so it's just a matter of digging and, and finding those answers. And, and the second part, let's change the world together. The fact is, you know, when you walk down the street and you look at someone or wave at someone or these little tiny things impact the world that we do all day that we're completely unaware of. So we are world changers. There's no denying that. But as we become aware, we can change the world intentionally and shape it to how we want it to look in our own life. I think that's pretty, pretty powerful. And, and I do feel like, you know, life is, like I said, designed to, to throw us uh, the unexpected right? Yeah. Um, what is, I mean, I think letting go of comfort, letting go of security, like you're talking about, like great paying job. And especially when you have mouths to feed. And I think it's as men, it's kind of wired into our DNA to provide in whatever way you want to define that word. But how did you work through that 
or how are you working presently through that in terms of like letting go of the certain and going for growth and progress, but the uncertainty that comes along with it can be sometimes debilitating. Yeah. How are you working through well, that? Well, the cool part is <clears throat> that I've already done it before. So, and it was really rocky <laughs> and it didn't go the way that I wanted it to, No kidding. you know? So the good news is that I, I have a little bit of experience and so that always helps. Right. Yeah. And so I think you and I were talking about the other day at lunch about just taking tiny little steps. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, just, you want to start a business, just go do this first, open a bank account, mm -hmm. come up with a name. Right. And it's like, you just kind of do these little tiny steps. And so yeah. with this transition, I've, I've been much more. And the other one, I just jumped in this one. I've been very much more calculated, you know, first I do this, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this. And so now I'm at a point where I'm able to really transition into the writing and speaking and, and start to kind of delegate more on the team side, but that's a year and a half transition. You know, it takes, it takes a long time to be able to do something like that. So I think part of it is, is the planning piece and just the mental, my mental state is just so much stronger now I, i'm more confident to the point where it's like listen i might fail <clears throat> and i'm okay with that you know what's the worst that could happen mm -hmm. i look at that and i'm like i can survive that you know i know i'm not going to go down in a ball of flames i know i'm not going to be living on the street and i don't want to be unhappy anymore so mm -hmm. i'm going to pursue what makes me happy and if that means that we take a step down on our house or you know vacations or whatever it is all right cool i mean shoot I'd, I'd live in a little tiny shack if i was smiling ear to ear every day like yeah. who cares yeah. <laughs> so yeah so yeah that, that's kind of what keeps me going just it doesn't matter i, I just want to pursue this see it's cool because like you said it's not worth it um holding on to the security and the comfort at the expense of your your growth as a man you know right. um but you only know that too, because you had the cojones <laughs> the balls to go for it for the first time. Yeah. Right. And, and just rip the bandit off. And that probably was the scariest thing. Once you lived through it, you're like, Oh, okay. A I'm going to be okay. But B I could probably have done that a little bit more gracefully. It sounds like you said, so that's why you're more calculated and you're smarter about it. Yeah. Right. Which means yeah. you're ultimately probably going to be more successful with it. But I like that because sometimes people though, think, oh, I got to have all my, my business plan figured out and my website and my business card. They, they think they want to have everything figured out before they leap. And it sounds like for you, as it was for me too, I just leapt, not really knowing. I just knew that staying where I was going to be more painful than actually leaping. And it was right. scary, but it does give you the confidence like, okay, I survived. Right. You know? Well, and, and a part of that, it usually it comes down to fear, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fear of something, right? And usually it's coming down to a fear of failure some, somewhere in that realm. Right. <clears throat> and uh, at a young age, for whatever reason, I didn't like being afraid of things, mm -hmm. you know, so I was afraid of heights. And there was this place that we used to go camping where everybody would go rock climbing. And there was this pinnacle called the elephant butt, because it looked like a big elephant butt that we yeah. would climb up to. And when I was young, I just decided that I was going to the edge of that because I wasn't going to be afraid of heights. And I just kept pushing myself and pushing my, and so I started just kind of crawling out and like peeking over and then it was standing up and then it was putting my arms up and now I'm helping my kids up. And like, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. I climbed Capitol peak here in Colorado, which is one of the toughest 14ers. I jumped out of an airplane, right? Like all of these things were 
ways for me to prove to myself that I don't need to be afraid of heights. I don't need to be stupid, but I don't need to be afraid of heights. And so by addressing this fear head on, I was able to prove to myself that I can move past fear and that builds confidence. Cause then it's like, yes, this is scary, man. Like, like making this leap in business is scary, but I know I can, I know I can do it. So I'm just going to go see what happens. And you broke things down into bite-sized pieces, which you mentioned 10 minutes ago, which is so important. Cause I think if, if you go from I'm scared of heights, so I'm going to force myself to jump out of a plane that might be, (laughs) some people could do it, you know, and that is, that is legitimately like a big freaking leap. However, it just might be a little too much. And so there might be baby steps uh, that don't trigger so much fight or flight, you know, Mm, Um, as I'm thinking about people who might be listening to this, being like, I have this big fear, fear of failure, which is like ultimately a fear of not being enough. And how do you gain that confidence is yes, you could potentially take that leap and quit your job and throw yourself into the to the fire, right. or you could just start, you just, there's that fine line. And, and how do you help? How would you potentially help someone who's like, there's a fine line between I'm scared thus I'm not taking the steps or I'm rationalizing like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to take baby steps when they're really not making progress. Not, yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you make that distinction? How would you suggest someone work through that? Well, the most important thing is, is why, Yeah. you know, why was I walking to the edge of that cliff? Mm-hmm. Why did I climb that mountain? Why did I jump out of that plane? And I had a strong why within me. I couldn't have defined it other than I just knew that I didn't want to be afraid of heights. And so I was consciously pushing myself to a limit that I was a little uncomfortable with. And I just kept mm-hmm. going farther. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like, say somebody wants to start a business, say somebody is thinking about ending relationship. Maybe somebody is, um, you know, burned out. Maybe they're transitioning into retirement. Maybe they're just coming out of college, right? Like all of these times where it's like, I feel like something needs to change, but I don't know what to do. The first and most important thing to do is define why. Mm. Why do you want this change? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it a good thing or a bad thing? If it's a good thing, then we just need to put a map in place and you, you the person making this, transition is responsible for taking the first step. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, for me, um, I'm, I was like building stuff. Like you were saying, I was building all these classes and webinars and blah, and I wasn't putting any of it out. And I talked to this lady that's been doing this for like 40 years. And she's like, how do you know if any of that is good? You need to go talk to people. Like, right. Right. And so I set up all these courses that I'm doing or classes, one hour classes in August, I'm doing 12 of them in August. And so um, I get to like practice all of this stuff. And so that's Mm -hmm. like, that's a thing that could be really scary, but the way that I overcome that fear, and and this really is a a baby step in, in my progression, you know, doing this thing in August and it is scary, but then I just tell myself, what's the worst that could happen? Nobody shows up and I, I do the class by myself. Okay. I get to practice. Yeah. I get to see which mes- messages read. You know what I mean? It's just like it's feedback. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, but that's it. but that's feedback. That's marketing, right? So if if maybe yeah. you put something out there and it doesn't, I'm like, okay, well then that's that's where you get to look at what's the offering. How do you market it? There's always going to be something you can learn, right? Exactly. And and so that goes back to that piece of like, well, I'm afraid to take the first step, mm. and it's like, okay, well, 
you can sit and do what you're doing right now that you know is not working, or you can define why you want to move forward and then figure out the steps to move forward and just take the first step. Yeah. And then how'd that go? All right, cool. What's the next step? How'd that go? And next thing you know, you look back and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe all the progress that I've made. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, isn't it funny how it's really not brain surgery. It's not like crazy concept. I'm like, as I'm listening, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's really it. But why is it that we make things so complicated and yeah. get in our way so much. We make these stories, to your point, so many of these elaborate stories to rationalize not making progress, not moving forward. Right. It's you know, crazy. I, fear's a powerful drug. Yeah, it is. You know, and yeah. and I, I I guess I'm really thankful that for whatever reason I've always tried to push past fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I still have a healthy fear of plenty of things, you know, but. Um, the fact of the matter is action is a choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can choose to, to keep doing things the same way that you've been doing them, or you can choose to take some action and move forward. And that first step is just, it's just a, it's just a choice to move forward. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, there's, there's no other way to do it. You just have to ah, go. Right. <laughs> right. But you're right. That, that really what creates leverage, right, is the why. Because yeah, if I have more reasons why I want to stay where I am or, and, and why the future potential is more painful than staying where I am, then I'm going to rationalize, you know, spinning my wheels or confusing activity with productivity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that you're absolutely right. Still, it always comes back to the why, right? What, what's going to drive you from inside it can't be outside in it's got to be inside out right yep. which is why we're all full of it right <laughs> yeah well and, and one thing that came to my mind here when you were just talking is if somebody's having a hard time taking that first step another mm-hmm. thing that's really helpful the, the why is really helpful and the other thing is a cost benefit analysis if i continue to do nothing what's the benefit what's the cost because there's a benefit to to just keep doing the same thing you've been doing, right? Yep. yep. What's the cost? What's the benefit? What's the cost benefit of moving forward and put it in a little grid and just look at it. And then it's like, okay, you know, and then now you have a really clear vision as to why you want to move forward. If, if that's what you choose after looking at that, it's just a way to kind of get it out maybe. Well, that's probably something you could certainly help someone listening to this, right? If they, if they reached out to you and they said like, okay, I get, I, again, intellectually get the concept you're talking about, but how could you help me set up the cost analysis? Cause I feel like sometimes as listeners, whatever, we're like, okay, or we see something on social media. That's an interesting idea, but then I'll never actually follow through with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I had the tool, they'd be like, okay. And I think that's why coaching has been so helpful to me with coaches coaching me is because they've given me the tools. Cause I can, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But then life doesn't change. Right. You know, cause I actually, I don't take any action. Right. So yeah. that could be, yeah, obviously something that I'm sure you could do, you know, support I, people with. <laughs> ironically enough, that's the topic of the first class that I'm doing in August. Oh, really? <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Yeah. Cost analysis. Uh, yeah. It's, it's called uh, how to move forward when you don't feel like it mm. or how to take action when you don't feel like it or something like that. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Well, I've thought the same type of thing. I think, I think again, kind of going through a, a divorce and, and just being so hurt. So not from the divorce per se, um, although that was painful without a doubt, but just being 
a wounded little boy from my childhood. Right. And I didn't have a horrible childhood, but I didn't have, you know, a flawless childhood either. It's probably hard to get through childhood without being getting, you know, just being unscathed. But I do feel like working, starting to work through those things has, has helped me become the man I am today. But I was so scared that I wasn't going to make it. Like I really thought that I was going to die. Like the, I don't think I would actually say that out loud, but I think the deep down feeling inside is like, if I'm not enough and I'm, and I won't be loved and I'll be a reject and I'll be, I like, my life will have been pointless. So why keep living? Right. And I think that's how men get to uh, suicide or even like suicide ideation. But it's like um, when you realize and you heal yourself and you realize what's the worst thing that could happen. Like if you're not going to die, then yeah, maybe your bank goes to zero or, you know, as long as you've got your, maybe your wife, your kids and thinking about you or like, yeah, you could downsize to a freaking trailer home and still be happy. Right. Right. So I love that idea is where you, okay, let's look at the cost analysis of like, what's, what is this really going to cost and what's the worst case scenario? And do you, I really think I'd let it go all the way down to zero, you know, to, right. to do something? Probably not. And I think that's when that alleviates the fear right you can move forward right well and 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 that that confidence comes from taking that risk and mm-hmm. failing or succeeding <clears throat> you know i mean i have way more confidence now because i took the risk and failed and and i took the risk and i succeeded you know mm-hmm. and so now it's kind of like okay cool i know what it feels like to fail i know what it feels like to succeed all right I- i'm willing to do that now and it, it, the fear of the unknown when people are unclear they do nothing. Amen. Yep. You know, so just, yeah, you just got to get out there, take that first step. And then that's going to build confidence to take the second step, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and as we're talking about, you know, <laughs> life and some of these bigger thoughts around what, you know, life purpose and what's the worst thing that could happen. Here's a bigger question, but why do you think that we're all here on this planet in this human experience (laughs) ah boom big one yeah um you know i've been i've always thought about it we all think about it right we all gotta ask that question at some point i never found anything that really resonated with me um until recently um all right so if you think about the we're product of the universe right essentially no different than a tree or, you know, another living organism. We just have this ability to be conscious. And if you think about it from the perspective of the universe, what if we are just, for lack of a better word, like little polyps (laughs) that are growing on this planet. And our job is to like, we're the universe's uh, attempt at becoming aware of itself. Mm. That is our job. Mm. And if we are, you know, spiteful towards each other and killing each other and all of these things, then we are working contradictory to our mission. Our mission Mm -hmm. is, is to work together as a unit with the universe that we are a part of, because we are this piece of the universe that can look like, why are we so fascinated with space? Like this just kind of resonates with me. I'm like, because that's part of us. That's like, like we're becoming aware of this thing that we're a part mm-hmm. of. And so we're just like innately fascinated to learn more about it. 
Mm. Um, and so that, when that started, like, I started thinking about that. I'm like, God, that makes so much sense, man. Like, why do we not want to die? Right. It's, it's a challenge. It's struggle. It's so hard to be alive. Why do we have this innate drive to stay alive? Mm-hmm. Cause we have a job to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're here to do something, you know? And, and so I don't know. That's, that's the one thing that I've landed on that, uh, seems to make a lot of sense to me at least. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense to me too. When you say that it, it makes me think of, um, the metaphor or the analogy, whatever you want to, however you want to call it of like, you have the sun, right. But then you have the sun's rays. The sun's rays are the expression or the manifestation of the sun. Like we could have the sun and see it up in the sky, but to not feel the warmth of the sun, not benefit from the energy of the sun with photosynthesis and taking energy, you know, everything else that the sun provides. Right. Mm-hmm. To that point, like you're saying, if we were just little polyps, like if, if, if the sun was shining, but then you had all the, these rays that were attacking each other and you'd be like, what? <laughs> right. the, the, the purpose of the sun's rays is to the, the, like one, there's one in the same, it's not one in the same, but it's like, this, there'd be no reason for the sun to exist if it weren't for the expression right. of the sun's race, right? right? And vice versa. Right. And that just made me think like, you're absolutely right. Like our, we all have a purpose. That's why we're here. And that's why we fight to express our true nature beyond that of limiting beliefs, because it's the limiting beliefs, it's the fears, all those things that we fucking make up in our head, right? That are all lies that keep us from fully expressing and shining, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and it makes yeah. me think of that. Cause I'm like, yes, I, I get charged up about that because I, I feel like I've been fighting so hard to get rid of all of the childhood stories and all the bullshit so that I can really be on purpose. And that's why I think you do this exactly what you're being drawn to do the same thing that you're doing and the same, just like to help other people. Cause it also helps me hold, hold me accountable <laughs> to right. doing the same. Right. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really powerful. Well, if you, if you look at, um, like, why is there so much um, intrinsic value in helping other people, right? Mm-hmm. Why do we feel so good when we hold the door open for a stranger and they say thank you, or mm-hmm. somebody waves at you in the car when you let them in, or, mm-hmm. you know, when we try to help a buddy who's hurting, or, you know, we write a book, or we coach people to try and make the world a better place. Like, why is that so rewarding? And the only thing that I can come up with is because it's in our innate nature to evolve forward and we mm-hmm. can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. We do it together. And the mm-hmm. more that we bring people together and we ideate together so that we are evolving and learning and growing and doing our work together, the more, uh, the more fulfilled we feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. I feel like if we're talking fulfillment, we're talking success, we're talking happiness. I, I agree. I feel like so many people are just kind of messing up, muddying the waters around those type of topics. Like what makes you, what, what brings happiness uh, would bring, you know, a hundred million dollars or a mansion or a Lamborghini. Like, really? Does that, you know, how, how long does this, you know, iPhone bring happiness for me? Like 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. <laughs> and then it's just my phone. Right. right. Uh, I really do feel like that happiness for me is um, built upon progress, 
like you said, evolving. Because if I'm not progressing in a job or a relationship or in my health or my spirituality, in my income, like then I start to really get frustrated. And mm-hmm. I think people who are attracted to what you've been talking about, people who are going to show up for your classes, people who are listening to this podcast or those type of people who are like us, who are like, if they're not growing, then they're not happy. Right. Well, but I think, but I think that's everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, mean, I think it's human nature, but I don't think everyone yeah. actually tunes, tunes into that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What um, I want to ask you a little question, maybe a selfish question, but I think there's a lot of people who say, oh, I'm going to write a book one day or they maybe they've started a book or they say, I've got so many different books inside me. They just need to come out. Like yeah. having gone through the process and it's, you know, I set some lofty goals. I'm going to write this in 90 days. And then COVID hit, you know, and took the wind out of my sails in many regards and my own personal mental health. But uh, you have a, a substantial book there. It's in your hand. People can buy it. Like talking about the process of actually writing a book, was that, was it easy for you? Did it flow? I, we talked a little bit about it during coffee, but like yeah. tell the listeners, the viewers, a little bit more of like that process. Cause that's pretty cool that you have a tangible book that people can read and learn about your philosophy and life. Yeah. I mean, if you would have asked me when I was, you know, 13 and failing every English class I ever took, <laughs> you know, if I was going to write a book, I'd be like, are you crazy? Yeah. Um, and I would say up to a couple years before I wrote the book, I was just, all I was doing was writing little snippets of things. I would get inspired and I would write like three to five pages on like a specific topic. And I just Mm -hmm. had like all these topics, they were all random. And it was just a way of me to like get stuff out. Yeah. Organize my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, maybe someday I'll write a book. And one day I was just sitting down in my basement and uh, I was meditating. And all of a sudden the idea for this book just popped into my mind. Like Mm -hmm. the whole call it the table of contents, essentially Mm -hmm. just popped Mm -hmm. into my mind. And I was like, Oh man. Okay. I went up and I wrote that down and then I just kind of expanded it. And it was once again, the first step was, I wouldn't even say it was that intentional. Like I kind of was like, yeah, that'd be cool to write a book, you know? So I kind of had it there, but that was about it. But as soon as that idea popped into my head, I wrote the table of contents. And then I looked at that and I was like, okay, how the hell am I going to turn this into a book? Mm. you know and then it's like sub ideas mm. and then it's like okay now what am i going to do i'm going to pick one topic and i'm just going to write on that and mm. then i'm going to pick another one right and then i've got the whole book eventually and it's a jumbled muddled mess and then i'm moving stuff around and figuring out the flow and i don't need this and don't need that and then you got the editing pro- you know i mean so it's just it's this big process big. it takes a <laughs> yeah. It, yeah it takes a long time um but that seems kind of overwhelming, really, if you think about yeah. all of that. But if all you think about is write down a table of contents, start there, and then expand that, and then expand that, and then expand that. Next thing you know, you've got half a book. And it's like, yeah. wow, I can do this. you know. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, it really just goes back to what you were saying before, <clears throat> one bite at a time. One bite at a time. But then again, what I, what I think is fascinating, because I have more recently gotten into meditation over the last six to eight months and I've had some trippy things happen that have come into consciousness, you know, Mm -hmm. when I feel like I've gotten gotten out of my, my external environment, out of my body, out of myself. And I'm just kind of connecting in my belief with source. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, What led you into meditation? And cause that's like, that's to me, 
you're sitting in meditation and you got downloaded. <laughs> you downloaded something from <laughs> right. somewhere else. That was like, boom, table contents. You're like, oh shit, I better capture this. <laughs> right. right. How has meditation even played into your life? And when did that become a, a staple and, or is it still a staple in your day to day? Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, huge, but yeah. once again, how it started for me was I was working with that shadow coach and she was like, Hey, you should consider meditation. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I would go and I would, I would lay in my bed and I would meditate for about two minutes and then I would fall asleep. Huh. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so it was kind of like, and, and, and actually when you're a little tired, I find for me, that's when I go the deepest, you know, mm-hmm. I don't lay on the bed anymore because I fall asleep. But it was kind of like when I was a little groggy, I'd go upstairs and I would meditate and I would really just take a nap. Yeah. But that's where I started. And then I was like, okay, I keep falling asleep. Let's see what happens if I sit up so I don't fall asleep. What happens if I do different mudras, right? So like hand positions, you know, holding your thumbs, that's grounding, hold your palms up, the, this thing, moving your finger. There's all these different mudras mm-hmm. that you can do. So I started playing around with that and like, how does that affect my energy? And then it was do I focus on my breath? Do I focus on my body? Do I just try and go blank? Do I ask a question? You know? And so um, for me, it's just been, it's, it's a game. I just yeah. play with it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be this like weird thing that has all these rules and all this stuff. Like that's the antithesis to it. Just mm-hmm. sit down, close your eyes, get quiet and do it your way. Mm. And for me, it's just been so powerful so many ideas have come out of it. So many times I, I wake up in a, in a mood in the morning for no reason, bad dream or whatever. And I go down and I do a little yoga and I meditate and all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do it. You know? You and it just, it, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's for sure the most powerful um, exercise that I practice. It's uh yeah, I think the more I do it, the more I'm like, okay, this is because I did that for a year with the Headspace app, and I just was oh, checking yeah. off a list and just kind of like, okay, like whatever, <laughs> and falling asleep and yeah. that stuff. All that stuff happens too for me as well. But I, I do feel like um, what I really commend you on is that your curiosity. You know, like you were curious even from like a little boy. Like you said, it's like, oh, I feel this fear. I don't want it. Like, how am I just, I can see how your brain has worked ever since you were a little boy, you know, <laughs> and you play, you play up here and you play in life as well. Right. Right. Um, and you play with meditation. I think it, meditation can be challenging because I think my initial reaction was kind of similar to yours. It's like, okay, I'll do meditation in my mind. It's like, it's stupid. It's pointless. <laughs> it's woo woo, you know, right. what's the point? Like, because again, guys if you're if you're hardwired masculine it's like to do stuff and when you're meditating you're not doing anything in at least conceptually like mm-hmm. and for me that to this day though it's still hard to like i'm gonna go meditate and that's hard for me to go sit down and carve out five minutes or 30 minutes it's like but i got shit i gotta do right you know? but well, it's yeah go ahead so uh i'm reading a book right now by um uh oh come on Think like a monk, Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty, yep. And uh, one of the things that I got out of the book that I really like is he talks about a morning routine. And he says, mm-hmm. he said, you know, he calls it time, save time or whatever, but it's an acronym, T-I-M-E. Uh, every morning, make sure you take some time to be grateful, thankful about uh, something, right? Uh, 
I is inspirational. Take some time to get something in your consciousness that's inspiring. A, a YouTube video, a book, uh, a conversation with somebody, something inspirational early in the, early in the morning. Uh, meditation. And the meditation can be five minutes. It could be 30 minutes. It could be an hour, whatever you want. I usually meditate every morning for about, it just depends on the morning. Sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes it's like 20 or 30, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, exercise. And so my morning routine now consists of, I wake up before I grab my phone. What am I thankful for? And I don't just think about it. Like I feel it like, man, and this might be, not the right way to look at, it, but it's like, man, if I didn't have that in my life, how would I feel like, God, I'm so glad that I have this person in my life or this mm -hmm. thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I usually read a book or something like that. I do my yoga for my exercise. I ride a bike, um, whatever. And then I meditate. And so I get that all knocked out before eight 30 when I start my day mm -hmm. and then it's done. Yeah, I think the, the, the some sort of grounding practice like that it yeah. can be really really helpful because I think you know men are men who are in pain and they're hurting they they go and they're looking to control getting out of pain and into some form of even like fleeting pleasure right some type of coping mechanism drugs porn gaming whatever right. Mm -hmm. So, and they all have varying uh, Netflix. I watch Netflix and I realize times I'm like, I know I'm, a, I'm avoiding something or I'm lonely. So I'm just like, I can see, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily keep me from doing it. Like I, right. I, I, you know, that's the hard part sometimes when you know what you're doing, but you can't stop it. Um, but I do feel like meditation is one of those things where, and, and even just like a good solid morning routine can help ground you. Like you said, to shake whatever energy you've got change your emotional state so that you can then have uh, just greater like intention throughout the day, you know? Yep. And do you go about that? I mean, do you have an, a way that you go about like planning your day so that you're on point or do you do that during meditation? Do you do it the night before? How do you go about like staying productive? Yeah. I mean, I, tr I try to do it the night before <clears throat> and I'm, I'm post-its, man. I, <laughs> I write, I write down my daily list and I cross the stuff off and, yeah. uh, phone calls I need to make and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I try and keep things as simple as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, when I'm meditating, one of the hardest parts, especially, you know, when I've got six, seven, eight transactions going at once and I have to like sit down and be still when it's just like the <laughs> exactly voices in my head are just screaming, come on, man, let's go. Yeah, you got yeah. stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Those are the hardest times to do it. And if, when I give myself that five to 10 minutes and I just keep go back, that's when I go back to my breath, come to the breath, come to the breath, you know, Stay because it, it, it gets my mind out of that repetitive cycle that just will mm -hmm. never stop. And all of a sudden I drop in as I call it. And it's just like, all right, cool. And then I can just sit there and chill and all those worries just disappear. Like how great is that? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like all the shit just disappears for a few minutes. Like that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, and even if it's only five or 10 minutes and then I get up and then it's go time and I'm up, but I'm so much more focused at that point and less scattered. And it's like item number one is boom. And I work on one number one until it's done. Mm. And then it's item number two. And mm. so that's kind of how I work to stay productive. That's cool. That's cool. Well, talking about that process, talking about the, the kind of the cost analysis process, 
what are some of the other things that you're going to be teaching on in these, these classes? Uh, yeah. So I've got, um, so that first one is, uh, like I said, what's stopping you, how to take action when you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. The next one's about creating meaningful desires. And so I'm going to do one a week. I'm going to host one in the morning on Wednesday and one in the evening on Tuesday. So that way people can attend no matter what their schedule is, mm -hmm. hopefully. Uh, so the next one is about creating meaningful de desires. What do you really want? Um, then the next one's about take back control, which is how to maximize your time and energy. Mm, so cool. eliminating distractions. And I'm not talking about distractions like there's the obvious ones that we all know about Facebook and whatever, but like, how do we really maximize your time and your energy so that you don't have to give up the stuff that you value, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden you find all of this time and energy that you've been wasting that you didn't even think about. Mm. And then one That's on, cool. uh, one on mind, money, mindset, and fear, uh, how to make them work for you. And then the last one is be a fantastic failure. <laughs> How to fail forward. It. Yeah. Love it. That's huge. That's huge. So uh, if I'm playing dumb, how would people attend to these? Or, or is it like it's all virtual or is it in person? It's all virtual. Yeah. Okay. I've got two in person, one at the school I used to teach at specifically for teachers, one at the, the offices where I, I work mm -hmm. uh, for realtors. Um, but these ones are all virtual. And um, if you go to my website, dangomer.com, there's an events tab and they'll be, they'll be posted up in there. Okay. And, um, by the time, yeah, it should, I should have links and everything. If they're not up there, when you look, check back, they'll be up there soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dangomer.com. Right. Yep. yep. And if people want to buy your book, can they go there and same, same website and find it or is it on Amazon? Yep. How do they find your book? Yeah, they can find it there, but it's on Amazon. Okay. Uh, if you just search, I'm full of it. And so are you, okay. it's, it's the first thing that pops up. So, okay. Very, very yeah. cool. Well, we could certainly keep chatting, but uh, just for the sake of time and uh, want to let you get back to your family and me getting this dog outside so he doesn't pee on the carpet. Um, let's, let's wrap <laughs> Sounds things like up. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. But thank you so much. Really appreciate you, man. I'm, I'm just excited for your journey. And I love that you are um, beckoning or, or, or heeding the call of whatever's really deeply on your heart. Because you could keep doing what you said, real estate for another five years and then do your thing, but you're like, all right, well, how can I actually live in the land of and where you can do this and this mm -hmm. versus this or that? And I think that also speaks to a lot of men who are feeling like, oh, like I got to do this to pay the bills, but I'm really not happy. But once I do that, then I'm going to be able to do this. Once I retire, it's like, no, dude, life is too short. Yeah. Got to go for it. Right. Yep. So. Absolutely. Well, same to you, man. Seriously, like, uh, thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, early on when I started thinking about this stuff, I was like, you know, do we really need another voice? Do we really need another person talking about personal development, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's great. And I tell that story because like, you're doing it too. And like, we need thousands of more people, millions of more people mm -hmm. doing this exact same thing. Because if we're all talking about this stuff, the world would be such a better place. So um, all of that to say, you know, uh, thank you for, for what you're doing too. The work that you're doing is, is, is great. And I know you're really uh, serving the guys that you're working with. And so uh, congrats on that. And uh, thank you for having me on.
But hey, man, this is, I mean, that's, if it were just only my voice, it'd get pretty freaking boring. So <laughs> I'm so grateful that, yeah. that you're willing and that there's guys like you that are also doing the work because uh, that's, that's me. Yeah. Letting, yeah. letting go and letting uh, whatever you want to call it, divine source, just provide solutions to whatever guy listens to you and connects with you. That's, that's my hope. So absolutely awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, go check out Dan Gomer. That's where his uh, dangomer.com. That's where his events are. That's where you can find out more about his book, his, his coaching. Um, you can certainly find his book on Amazon. Um, and yeah, feel free to, to reach out to either one of us. If you have questions or if you're in Denver, I'm sure you can grab coffee with Dan anytime. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 Just, just so you know, I don't have anything about coaching on there because okay. yeah, nothing on the website about coaching yet. So yeah. um, okay. Just a heads up. <laughs> just a heads up. That's yeah. uh, that's good. That's that's TBD. That's coming. Yeah, that's exactly. uh, a lot of good stuff, and I love it. You're putting yourself out there, you know, even while you're still in development of all the things. You know, you've got a book and you're doing classes. It's just you're taking action. I think it's commendable. So, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for being here, man. For sure. Yep, no problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King. Have an amazing day. We'll catch up soon. Later. Yeah. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.